0: I think that was everything that I was supposed to remember to announce. So, the most important thing, the Word of God. We are studying, looking at the four words that are hanging on our rear wall. Growing, giving, glorifying, and going. And we're looking at those words in the context of discipleship. That personal relationship relationship. With Jesus Christ, wherein the disciple has determined that they are going to follow after the Master, commit their life to going where Jesus goes and living how Jesus directs them to live. It's the life of discipleship, and that's what we've been looking at. And this morning, we are on giving of our talent and we're going to be talking about the how of giving of our talent. But just by way of reminder, the most important thing that you need to understand and take a hold of with regards to giving of your talents is that you do have talent that God intends for you to use in His service. We talked about that last week. God has given you a gift he has given that gift unto you so that you will use it in his kingdom for his glory there's no escaping it i don't care who you are i don't care how young you are i don't care how old you are i don't care how untalented you perceive yourself to be god has given you a talent to use in his service and that's how I'm going to start off this morning. It says in James chapter 1, verse 17, that the Father of lights is the giver of every good and perfect gift. And so he has given gifts unto the church so that the church can serve him, worship him, and reach out to a world that has yet to come to faith in him. So He is the giver of every good and perfect gift. There is no gift that the Father of lights gives that is not absolutely and precisely how it should be. And I say that to preface again the fact that God has given to you a gift and that gift that He has given to you is perfectly suited for you, just as it should be. He fashioned you It says in Psalm 139, "...fearfully and wonderfully." He has created you physically as well as spiritually just the way He wanted you to be. And He has given to you a gift or gifts that you are to use in His service. So you are, and this will be the first of seven different points about how we are to give of our talents, You are to act as a steward of God's grace unto you. He's given you His grace, His gifting. And you are a steward of that. We saw last week that a steward is someone who has received a trust, who has been given something, and the expectation of the steward is that they will be faithful in the management of that trust, that gift. So you have... been given a gift, you are to act as a steward of God's grace to you. To be faithful with that gift He has given to you. To utilize it. To express it. And to use it for His glory. So you are a steward of His grace as you give of the talents that He has given to you. Secondly, you are to use that talent with humility. And this is a very, very important concept. We find it in in Romans chapter 12 about humbly using our gifts. Paul says, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, not just to some of you, not to a select few, but to every one of you, Paul says, Do not think more highly of yourself than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each one of you. So we are to think of ourselves humbly, judging ourselves rightly. And we are to give of our talents using that humility. Now this is very important because when we think of ourselves rightly, When we evaluate ourselves accurately, we will not think too highly of ourselves, nor will we think too lowly of ourselves. And I've seen both of those be problems in the expression of gifts within the body of Christ. I have seen people who try to uh, step into ministries or giftings that they are simply not gifted for. And it's not a good thing for them or for the people that they are trying to minister to. And they're thinking too highly of themselves. But I've also seen it where people do not step into ministries that God has clearly called them into because they're thinking, I'm not competent to do that. I don't have the the ability to, to accomplish that ministry. When in fact, they do. God has gifted them and enabled them. So when we think of ourselves with humility what it really means is not thinking too highly of ourselves, not thinking too lowly of ourselves, but accurately identifying what God has given to us and in accordance with the faith that He has distributed to us, expressing the gifting He has given to us. That's when the body of Christ begins to work as it should. Everybody steps into the role that God intends for them and that He has gifted them to be able to accomplish. So we need to give of our talents with humility, with an accurate assessment of who we are in Christ and the gifting that God has given to us. I am a musician. I love to play the guitar. I love to sing, as I said to you last week. I love to write songs. But I understand and recognize that I am not gifted as a musician in the same way that this woman is gifted. And that's okay. I'm all right with that. I love to listen to Alicia play the the piano. It just ministers to my soul, and I'm sure it does you as well. But that doesn't mean that I don't have a gift to share, that I don't have an opportunity to express a talent that God has given to me in the ministry of the kingdom of God. And the same is true of each one of you. We need to assess ourselves rightly with humility, not thinking too highly of ourselves nor thinking too lowly of ourselves. The third area that we need to be aware of as we give of our talents is that we need to use our talents in service to God and to others. Cody talked about this this morning. He, he expressed some of the thoughts I was thinking about, but the fact that everything that we do, whether it's an expression of a talent or, or whether it's simply showing up, everything that we do, the Bible says, ought to be done as service to the Lord. It says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7, that we are to do all things as unto God. The Lord serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord and not serving people so in the administration of your gifts of your talents always express that as unto the Lord now that's not to say that it's always going to occur in the context of the church or in the church building many of you are extraordinarily talented and using those talents out in the community in a variety of ways and that is a good thing that's where God wants you is out there in the world being salt and light using your talent. But as you're out there in the office, in the home, in the community, serve as if you're serving God. Use your talents for His glory. It says in, in Mark chapter 10 that if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, in other words, if you want to be someone of import and value in the kingdom of God, then you must learn to be the servant of all. So, as you express your talents, as you use your talents in the kingdom of God, use them in service of God first and of others second. That's what it says in 1 Peter chapter 4 that God has given us gifts. And we, each one of us, should use whatever gift we have received, Peter says, to serve others. So use your talents in the service of God and in the service of others. Look out for how you can be a blessing to someone else. See, sometimes, and I've seen this, so have you, and it's a frustrating thing, people with talents tend sometimes to want all of the attention, all of the focus to go to them. And that's not how God intends it to work. The person with talent, the person who is great in the kingdom of God, is the person who expresses that talent, that greatness, in service to others. Looking for the most vulnerable among us. Looking for the person who has a need. How can I be a blessing unto them? How can I, in fact, serve them? Philippians chapter 2 expresses this really, really well. It says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Don't look to your own interests only, but to each of you look to the interests of others. So you're a steward of the grace of God, you use your talents in humility, rightly assessing the gift God has given to you, and you use your talents in service to God and to others. This is sort of the introduction of the giving through use of your talents. But as we stop there, I want to say something that's very important with regards to the, the giving of uh, through the the use of your talents. And that is that you must rely upon, be dependent upon the Holy Spirit of God in the expression of your talents. Now, I say that, and I understand what a difficult concept that is. Because it's difficult to rely on someone or something that you've never seen. Who is this Holy Spirit? How do I know that the Holy Spirit is there? How can I depend upon the Holy Spirit in the expression of my talent? That's a very good question. And it's something that doesn't happen overnight. It's something that through time, as you develop a relationship with God, that you will learn to do. The Holy Spirit indwells each one of us. That is the promise that the Bible gives to us, that we are the temples of the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit of God indwells each one of us. And as He indwells us, He leads us. All who are led by the Spirit of God, Paul wrote to the Romans, these are the sons of God. But it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, that the manifestation of the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, is given for the common good. And he says... All of the gifts of the Spirit are the work of the one and same Spirit, and He distributes them, each one, as He determines. So in the expression of your talent, in the expression of the gift that God has given to you, you must be dependent upon the Holy Spirit, relying upon the Holy Spirit's power to to draw out that talent and to put it into full and effective use. Jesus did this. In Philippians chapter 2, there's an amazing passage of scripture where it says that Jesus emptied himself of all of his prerogatives as God. He became reliant entirely upon the Holy Spirit of God. That's why his ministry did not begin until his baptism and the Holy Spirit coming down in the form of a dove and lighting upon Him. And from that point forward, Jesus entered into His earthly ministry. He relied entirely upon the Holy Spirit for everything that He did. His prayers, His powerful miracles, His his sermons, all of those were given forth under the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's the same for us. Jesus said to the disciples, He said, Wait or tarry in Jerusalem until you be given power from on high. And there on the day of Pentecost, that's exactly what happened. The Holy Spirit came in a rushing wind, and tongues of fire lit upon them, and the disciples spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were empowered for ministry. Peter began to preach a sermon wherein thousands came to faith and from that point forward, the church was birthed and the power of the Holy Spirit in the church, the expression of the power of the Holy Spirit through the church was inaugurated. So we must be dependent upon the Holy Spirit in the same fashion that Jesus was, in the same way that the disciples had to wait upon the Holy Spirit. So too, we need to wait upon the Holy Spirit. It says in Zechariah 4.6, It is not by might nor by power, but it is by my Spirit, says, says the Lord. So we must be dependent upon the Holy Spirit as we give of our talents. Also, We need to always be ministering in, expressing our talents through love. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, If I speak in the tongues of men of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that I can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship so that I may boast, but do not have love, I have gained nothing. Do you get what Paul is saying here? That no matter how talented you are, no matter how wonderful the expression of that talent might be, and how observant the world may be of your talents, that if you are not doing that in the Love of God, it's nothing. Our motivation for the expression of our talents has to be engulfed with the love of God. And I'll talk a little bit more about how, if it is not engulfed with the love of God, that becomes a very, very big problem. So we must be dependent upon the Holy Spirit. We must balance our expression of our talents With the love of God being a a big, big part of it. And then finally, last two points. Paul is talking to Timothy, his young protege, about the gifts that God has given to him. He says to Timothy, Timothy, guard. What has been entrusted to your care. Now, Timothy was a timid young man. We know that through Paul's writings to him, some of the the hints that we get through the scriptures. Timothy was a bit timid. He had received gifting from God as an evangelist and as a pastor, and yet he was somewhat afraid to exercise those gifts because of his timidity, because he was a young man he was afraid that others would despise his youth. But Paul here says to Timothy, guard that which has been entrusted to your care. So he's basically saying to Timothy, Timothy, you have been given gifts. You have talents and abilities that God has entrusted you with, and you must guard them. The word there in the Greek literally means to defend with your life. And this is important because we know, do we not, that we have an enemy that opposes us. What did Jesus say in John chapter 10, verse 10? He said, the thief comes to do what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I've seen it time and time again where people, people who have been gifted, by the Holy Spirit of God, people who God has placed in positions of ministry where they can make an impact. And again, when I say positions of ministry, I'm not talking specifically of the church. Because your ministry, by and large, goes outside of these four walls. But they've been gifted by God. But they have not guarded what God has given to them. And as a result, their gifting has been diminished. The full effect of what could have occurred through their life was not realized. We have to guard that which has been entrusted to us. We have to be willing to step out in faith at times and and to use our gift, even when we may not be confident. We may not be fully assured That's where we have to rely upon faith. Paul, in the very next uh, epistle that he writes to Timothy, says this. Timothy, I am reminding you to fan into a flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So Timothy has has been timid. He's not been using that gift. It's flickering away. And Paul says, begin to fan that flame, Timothy so that it can can grow powerful and be used for what it was intended. So we must guard that which has been entrusted to our care. We have to persevere in our use of our gift. We have to boldly step out in faith at times in order to use our talent. We must guard that which we have been given because Satan wants to steal from us that gift which God has provided for us and it's very important very very important that 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 you keep this in mind what is your gift how are you using it where is it being utilized are you like timothy have you sort of shied away from using your gift afraid that someone might be critical of you Afraid that perhaps your, your, your gift has no place in the, in the body of Christ? All lies of the enemy. Fan the flame of the gift that God has given to you. I, I'm looking at Cody, and I'm thinking about when he first started to come up and do the call to worship. And he, he would share how nervous he was, how awkward it was for him to come up here and to express himself and to share in front of a group of people. And yet now, as Rodrigo mentioned, Cody, I think, is being used of the Holy Spirit to to call us into worship, to get us focused on God, and to get us thinking about important things. He's been fanning that flame. He's guarding what has been entrusted to him. You too must do the same. And then finally, and we'll conclude with this, finally in the expression of giving through your talents. We must focus our talents, whatever they may be, and the expression of those talents on the glory of God. On the glory of God. I I cannot tell you uh, how dangerous it is to be a person in ministry in a position of some prominence being a pastor who stands up in front of people. Because a lot of times people will come up to you and, and say things that, that are well-intended. They absolutely mean them. And, and I'm absolutely not discouraging any of you from, from giving me uh, constructive feedback. But, but a lot of times people come up and say, oh, that sermon was great. That was powerful. That was right on. That was, that was wonderful. And I have to be so quick to turn that to God whatever your talent is when someone comes to you and says thank you for sharing thank you for doing that thank you for whatever your talent is whatever your gifting is always always turn that to God and give that glory to God listen to what Peter says in that same section where he says that we should use our gift to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. Then he writes, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Here's the danger. Here's what happens when we use our talents and people start to to praise and to compliment us is we begin to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. The Bible says that Lucifer, the son of the morning, whom we now know as Satan, was originally created as a covering cherub and a covering cherub was one of the seven cherubim who covered or surrounded the throne of god god's prime ministers if you will and lucifer was created as the most preeminent of those covering cherub listen to what is written in the bible about Lucifer. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you, carnelian, chrysolite, emerald, topaz, onyx, jasper, lapis lazuli, turquoise and beryl. Your settings and your mountings were made of gold. And on the day you were created, they were prepared. You were anointed as the guardian cherub. In other words, the preeminent of the covering cherub. For so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God and you walked among the fiery stones. So Lucifer had this very prominent ministry. And and Lucifer was this incredible creature that God had created that was the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Had constant, unfettered access to the presence of God. You were blameless in all of your ways from the day you were created until wickedness was found in you. What was the wickedness that was found in Lucifer? Your heart became proud on account of your beauty. And you were corrupted with your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth. I made a spectacle of you before kings. This is why in the expression of our talents, in the utilization of our gifts, whatever they may be, that we need to be quick to give God the glory. Because it's very easy for us to fall into that same trap that Lucifer did, where we begin to receive the glory for our talents, where we begin to accept the praise of others for those things that we have done. And the simple fact is that we really don't deserve it. Listen to what Paul writes to the Corinthians. In this context, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, the Corinthians have been in this debate over who's the greatest apostle. Some of the Corinthians were saying, I'm of Apollos. And some of the Corinthians were saying, I'm of Paul. And Paul is trying to dissuade them of that notion and downplay the role that he and Apollos have played in their lives. And this is what he writes. Now, brothers and sisters, I've applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, don't go beyond what is written. Then you will not be puffed up in being a follower of us over someone else. For what do you have that makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? So in the giving of your talents, in the giving of your gifts, in the expression of that in the church, in the community, in the world. Be thankful, be humble, be a servant, be dependent upon the Holy Spirit, and absolutely be expressive of the love of God, but do not receive the glory for what you have done. God alone is the one who deserves the glory because we've received everything from him. There's nothing that Greg Meyer possesses that I have created out of my own resources. Because you know what? My own resources came from him. But that doesn't mean that I don't want to express my talents, that I don't want to give to others that which has been given unto me. So, giving of talents. Hopefully... This begins to resonate. Hopefully, each one of us will recognize that we are critically important and highly valuable in the kingdom of God according to the measure of faith that he has given to us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the gifts that you have given. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that indwells us. And I thank you for this church that has been so abundantly provided with good, and perfect gifts so that we can share those with others. Help us, Lord, to humbly assess our gifts, to effectively use those gifts in your service, and to absolutely give you the glory. For you are the one that is worthy. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.